I let the seasons drive my inspiration in the kitchen, especially fresh and local produce that is available only at certain times of the year. I find that this mindset and philosophy really grounds me and brings me in alignment with the environment. (laughs) Don't these words just inspire you to follow the same approach when it comes to things we put in our bodies by way of food? Well, let me tell you, you are in for a treat because the rest of the conversation with my dear friend, Sylvia Fontaine, is just as inspiring. Sylvia is a ex-chef turned uber-successful food blogger and the creator of Feasting at Home, where she shares incredible multicultural recipes from all over the world, inspired by her own multicultural household of Egyptian and Finnish backgrounds. We talked about so many amazing things, and all throughout the conversation, Sylvia just exuded this sense of calm and collectedness about her life and her life's journey. We talked about comfort food. We talked about foods that our bodies just crave because they know what is good and what is wholesome. We also talked about gut health, microbiome, which was quite a fascinating conversation. But perhaps one of my favorite parts of this interview came when I asked Sylvia what's next in her food blogging journey. Her answer just completely blew me away. She said, I am happy where I am at the moment. I am always looking to reduce stress in my life. And while I know things are not going to be as good as it is now, at this moment, I just want to enjoy this and enjoy life. So often, as business owners and as driven, motivated people, we are always reaching for the next thing, even before we are done with our current journey. And while being driven and staying hungry for success is not a bad thing, slowing down and savoring the journey and all our accomplishments are equally, if not more important. Don't you agree? Speaking with Sylvia was such a delight, and I know you are going to enjoy getting to know her and learn about her food journey on this episode of Culturally Ours. Welcome to Culturally Ours, a show where we explore global cultural diversity in an intimate way through conversations and narratives around lifestyle, culture, food, art, and travel. Host Karthika Gupta talks to people from all over the world who have intimately experienced different cultures as a way to understand each other's worlds from the inside out, focusing on what we have in common. Welcome, Sylvia. Thank you so much for joining me on Culturally Oz. I am so very excited to have you on the podcast, and I cannot wait to chat with you, get to know you a little bit better, and just get to know your corner of the world a little bit better. Oh, thanks, Karthika. I'm so excited to be on your show. <laughs> yes, it's been a long time coming. So I'm so glad that we've, you know, the season is right. The topic is perfect and you are the best at this. So I'm very excited to chat with you. So before we begin, can you tell us a little bit about sort of who you are, where you're from, just to help set the stage for this chat? Sure. Um, well, uh, my name is Sylvia. I live in the Pacific Northwest. I've been in Washington State for the last uh, 25 years or so. I grew up in Los Angeles. Uh, Both my parents were immigrants. My mother was from Finland. My father was from Egypt. Um, So that was a really interesting home I was in. (laughs) Very, uh, 
both my parents were so opposite and so different in not just personality, but food wise, everything. So that was, that was kind of fun. And uh, yeah, and now I live in Washington state. Like I said, I have a food blog um, and I'm married to Brian and we love to travel and we love to eat and yeah. <laughs> no, and you you have an amazing food blog and incredible recipes. And I know you and I have traveled, so I know you love food and everything that is to do about food. So talk to me a little bit about sort of your food journey. You mentioned growing up uh, in a household that was sort of multicultural. How does, you know, kind of food fit into your life, your lifestyle? And now with your food blog, pretty much everything that you do. Yeah, I think that um, I was just exposed to really different flavors at a really young age. My Egyptian father cooked a lot of Egyptian food. My Finnish mother cooked a lot of Finnish food. And then we traveled a lot when we were when I was young. Um, so that was kind of ingrained in me. And uh, I never thought I would end up in the blogging business or the food business, but life, you know, doesn't go as planned. <laughs> uh, I I was a counselor for a while and kind of uh, daydreamed about having a restaurant. This was 25 years ago. Um, and I think what's amazing to me is what you dream about can actually happen. And I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> It's good. It's all good. It challenges us to dream big and, you know, kind of dream, dream dreams, because otherwise it's too boring, right? I mean, it's too yeah. mundane. Yeah. So I was, you know, I was being a counselor and I would walk by this empty space in downtown Spokane. It was this empty brick building and I could just see this restaurant in there. And, and then it was like a year later. I started a restaurant with my, my high school friend, Tanya, and just my life took a complete different path than I ever, I mean, I just never imagined it. So had a restaurant, a vegetarian restaurant in Spokane for 10 years and, um, and then sold that and took a year off and tried to figure out, okay, what do, how do I want to spend my life? You know, what do, I, what do I really love? And I came back to cooking and I just, I really love cooking. So I started a catering business <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I did that for 10 years. And when I started the business, I guess I just didn't realize um, how stressful catering is. Uh, I thought it would be easier than having a restaurant. Restaurant's very stressful. I thought catering would be easier, but no, it's even more stressful because, you know, you're doing big events and weddings and there's just a lot of pressure. So at the same time as the catering business, I had started this food blog on the side originally to kind of advertise the catering business. Um, and at, when I started the food blog, I didn't realize that that could be a business that just never entered my mind. Um, but just as time went on and you could see, you know, how food blogs were starting to generate income, mm. it became a possibility in my head. And I just, 
I started dreaming of a different life again, a life without stress. And that was, you know, everything started to change about five years ago, just trying to visualize having this life with food and food still being predominantly the focus of my life, but not having the stress of a restaurant, you know, or the stress of a catering business. So that's probably more yeah. than you wanted to hear. No, that's <laughs> that's amazing. And what's fascinating is how, like hearing you say it, right? Everything evolves around food. And from a from going from a counselor to a restaurant owner to a caterer to an amazing food blog owner, it's so different, but there's an underlying theme of food, right? And you're not, you're, you've not gone to culinary school or anything like that. This is just your interest and your passion, right? Right. right. Wow. <laughs> That's quite something, Sylvia. And, you know, food blogs and blogging in general has exploded so much in the past few years, or I would say yeah. seven, eight years. Um, it's amazing to just take a step back and think about yeah, you can actually make, this is a, it is a business. It's not a hobby. I mean, maybe people started it off as a hobby, but it's actually a business that you can earn a full-time living (laughs) doing. So that's amazing. Now, talk to me a little bit about sort of your cooking style, since you're not, you've not gone to school, but you still, you know, make amazing dishes. Um, do you use cookbooks? Do you kind of just conceptualize things in your head? How How is that creative process for you of coming up with recipes and coming up with these um, these food narratives? Uh, I think for me, it always starts with uh, what's in season. You know, I'm really, my cooking is really grounded in what is fresh and in season and available um, locally. It's harder here where I live in the winters because there's lots of snow. And so getting fresh produce in the winter is pretty tough. Um, But in the summer, I mean, it's bountiful here. And I usually just, I mean, I just go to the farmer's market. I smell things. I pick up things and whatever looks good. That's kind of where my recipes start. I just bring it home and, and I just play. I just play with those fresh ingredients and the, The thing is, when you have fresh local ingredients that are allowed to like ripen longer on the vine, um, they have so much more flavor that you don't need to do too much to them. And so cooking that way becomes really simple. And also cooking that way is really grounding. I feel like Mm. your, your seasons ground me in a way. Right. And cooking that way is just... I don't know. I just feel like it's a way to be in unison with the environment, you know? Yeah, that's that's very, very beautifully put. Um, you make it sound easy. <laughs> I'm a terrible, terrible cook. You I have are very, not. <laughs> I, I think my, like, I guess I don't, I don't feel like I'm creative in the kitchen. Like I open my refrigerator and I'm like, okay. What is it that we're going to have today? What is it that I'm going to make today? And I find myself reverting back to what I know best um, because that's easy and that's, for me, less stressful. But I like like your philosophy of kind of looking at what's in season, what's fresh, and what's kind of in tune with the environment and where we are at that particular point. 
um, and kind of go from there. So that's that's a very interesting thought. <laughs> now, tell me, what are some of your sort of favorite dishes to make and to eat if they are not one and the same? Uh, I think because, you know, I grew up my because my father was Egyptian and I was exposed to all those Middle Eastern flavors. I mean, that is definitely uh, comfort food to me. I love mm cooking with those spices and, and, um, just all the, you know, all the dishes I grew up with, just the simple things like falafels and hummus and tabbouleh. Um, I, I love eating that way. I love cooking <laughs> those things, but I also, I mean, it's hard. I don't, I can't pick one favorite, okay. one favorite thing. Cause you know, I like everything. <laughs> So going along those same lines, is there a particular dish or a particular cuisine that you're, I don't know, dying to try out or, you know, want to get better at or something that, you know, you're, you, you kind of look forward to making? Well, um, I kind of go through phases, you know, when we, we went to India together, that really exposed me to this whole new world of just amazing flavor. And mm -hmm. so I was on, I, like I, every meal I wanted to cook after that trip, I wanted it to be Indian. It's just, <laughs> it just really opened up my world. Um, so I really enjoy those flavors. Um, I, you know, I, I love um, learning about new cuisines. Like one mm -hmm. thing that I want to learn more of now is how to cook Korean food. I haven't been to Korea. Um, so I'd like to go there and, mm. and really experience it and learn. Um, yeah. Okay. That's, that's interesting. But um, I think a lot of Asian um, cuisines and Asian food is very flavorful and there's mm -hmm. a lot of like textures and um, it's just your, your taste buds just kind of explode. And yeah. it's especially with Indian food, it's funny because you change one small spice and it right. changes the whole, the whole composition dish. and the flavor of the whole dish. And it's, right. you know, you wouldn't think that, but it's everything is proportionate and everything is has a place. And when you kind of shift it, it completely changes. Right. <laughs> so it's a right. little complicated, but for me, it's easy. And I know you've done quite a few Indian dishes on your blog, too. So it's always nice to see that. Now, you talked about um, comfort food being something that your father used to cook and, you know, kind of you grew up with. So talk to me a little bit about sort of what your comfort foods are, you know, beyond what you grew up with. Or is that pretty much what your go-to is when you kind of, you know, are in the mood for just food that's just soothing? Uh, you know, I think it just depends on my mood, but like... <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I love, so my dad would make this lentil soup. It sounds so boring. And growing <laughs> up, I actually hated the lentil soup because that's how often we had it. We had it so often. But now, every once in a while, I'm just like, I have to have this lentil soup, my dad's lentil soup. It just, I just love it. It just feels so nourishing to me. But mm. I'm also, you know, I also love pizza. The other day, I was going off to one of my friends about how much I love, 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 love really good pizza with really good crust. It's, it's delicious. You know? 
<laughs> or mac and cheese. I don't eat those things very often, but when I do, they are just like, oh my gosh, no wonder. <laughs> no wonder they're so popular. Hey there. I hope you are enjoying this episode of Culturally Ours. Did you know there are so many wonderful resources, articles, and blog posts on the website to extend your Culturally Ours experience? We also have a library of free resources like a travel guide to some of the most culturally diverse places around the world, a global kitchen essentials cheat sheet, and so much more. Head on over to culturallyars.com forward slash free to grab these and be sure to check back often as we're constantly adding more resources just for you. Now, let's get back to the episode. Yeah, you know, it's funny. It's, uh, I was talking to this about this to my friend too the other day. Um, growing up, uh, like you had lentil soup, we had this um, lentil it's like a dosa, but it's made all of, it's just lentils. There's no rice or anything like that. Uh, it's all beans and lentils and it's called aday. Um, mm. And I hated it growing up. It, to me, it was so bland and it was boring. It was something my mom would make when she didn't have time. And, right. you know, when she was just not in the mood to cook, my mom was a terrible cook too, but that's a different story. Um, <laughs> so I hated that, that, that dish. And, about six months ago, I think during COVID, I kind of just tried it. I, you know, I bought the the batter because it was ready-made. I didn't have to put too much effort into it. And now it's my go-to. And I don't know whether it's because, you know, I associate that too with memories of my, my childhood and my parents and, you know, my mom's cooking or just that my taste buds have changed. And now I find it absolutely delicious. And I'm like, it's so healthy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm forcing it on my kids and they're like oh this is so bland I'm like no 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 don't have that thought this is actually really really good and I'm a prime example of that so it's funny how comfort food I, I feel comfort food changes too you yeah know, as you go through different phases in life and I don't know it's very cyclical for me so this was a fast for me it was very fascinating that yeah. Something I hated now is now becoming quickly becoming well, one of my favorite foods. If, if you think about it, like, okay, so our microbiome, there's all these bacteria in our gut and they are, they, I swear, <laughs> they have a mind of their own. And I feel like the stuff that we grew up eating, they, they liked that stuff and they, they kind of like drive us back to getting those things. And, um, I don't know. I'm just kind of fascinated by it. I did this, I did this weird, not weird, but kind of interesting thing where um, I had my microbiome kind of examined. It's by this company called Zoe. And they tell you like all the gut bacteria that you have, all the good ones, all the bad ones, how to strengthen the good ones and how to um, suppress the bad ones. And then they give you the list of foods that you should eat. And the number one protein that I should eat are lentils. I know. And then the other weird thing is in the top 10 vegetables that I should eat are grape leaves, which I, I ate those as a kid because my mom right. would make stuff grape leaves. And right. I've never thought of grape leaves as a vegetable. <laughs> and, um, and then I compared this to my friend's. Um, and hers were completely different. And so I'm like, right. oh, I wonder if our gut, our, our microbiome either got that from my parents yeah. or, you know, yeah. or it's just 
I don't know. It's just fascinating. It is fascinating. <laughs> it is fascinating to anyone else, but <laughs> no, it kind of it's it's like your DNA, right? It kind of tells you a history of of where you come from, and you know right. what constitutes your sort of sphere of influence, if you could and call it that. So yeah, and what's yeah. good for you, like what what is actually good for your body? Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I have to check this out. I wonder what mine will say. <laughs> I, know. It's so I think my mine will say rice and yogurt and uh-huh. lentils, I guess. Yeah, because that's pretty much what we had growing up. Um, so tell me a little bit about sort of your, your kitchen. Um, and maybe this is kind of also stems from the fact that you said you love to travel and you come from a multicultural household. Would you say your kitchen and your, your dining table is very diverse? Um, a lot of different cuisines, a lot of different dishes. Um, very diverse. Yeah. I have a lot of spices. There's not enough, enough room in my kitchen for my spices. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have a huge pantry. Um, yeah, I just like having as many things, kind of like um, like if you think of an artist with all the different colors they have, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you just want that perfect color. I, I feel that way about cooking. I always want like, you know, the perfect spice. So I try to, I my kitchen's pretty stocked, overly stocked. Excellent. Excellent. Maybe too and much. <laughs> no, hey, I don't think there's any ever anything as too much spice or too many spices. <laughs> Because they all have a different purpose. And when you mix and combine a few, it just, I don't know, brings up a whole different flavor. And that has its own purpose. So I like how you associated it with colors on a palette. Because that's essentially how it is, right? Yeah. Now, what about your eating habits? Are you quite adventurous in your eating as well? Or are there things that you will never, ever eat? You know, I don't like to say I will never eat something. Um, I think because I love cooking so much, I, I, I try everything, most everything, Mm. you know, Mm. um, I am pretty adventurous. Uh, I, I eat everything, uh, mostly plants, but I do eat, you know, I'll try, I have meat occasionally and I love fish and, um, and when we're traveling, I eat tons of street food all the time. Like I, I will try anything, <laughs> almost anything. <Okay. laughs> Maybe not you know, anything. I remember when we went to India. <laughs> Actually, you guys were pretty adventurous, but I do remember in Varanasi, you refused to try the um, sugarcane juice, which you was know actually. What? I- I, it wasn't the juice itself. It was the machine. I was, <laughs> I was looking at that machine going, oh my gosh. <laughs> I know it was a good thing you didn't try it. Cause I remember I felt sick, um, right after that. And it was a good thing we were coming back because I was sick as a dog and I was like, oh, oh this man. is not good. <laughs> I, I feel like I made up for that sugar cane. Cause when I went to, um, Bombay, I, ate like from every street vendor just (laughs) like one after the other all of them so I I don't know so when you guys travel um do you travel uh like when when you travel and you're you know looking at places to eat what do you guys think about I mean are you trying to go for comfort food or are you trying to go exploring and kind of seeing just trying anything that's there or are you somewhere in between 
Um, when we're traveling, you know, food is at the top of my mind. Like I okay. just want to experience things fully. And so I, I'm always looking like, is there a line to something? Then I know it's good. Like is the yeah. line full of locals? Then I know it's good. Um, I, I, we do a lot of meandering and, and not planning ahead. So we'll just kind of see what looks good, what smells good. And yeah. Okay. I don't so you're quite really, adventurous. Yeah. I don't really seek out comfort food when we're traveling. Okay. That's good because it's just, it. Kind of, I don't know, for me, and there are people who agree to this and people who don't, but for me, not necessarily like food, but just experiencing everything about a place is what mm -hmm. traveling is all about. Right. And of course, food is, food is a big part of that. Right. And going to going somewhere and then going back to McDonald's or, you know, <laughs> having a pizza when it's not like the, the cultural yeah. thing there, just for me, defeats the purpose. Yeah, um, we, do, we don't do that. We, I just, <laughs> I don't do that. You know, the other thing I really love about when we're visiting a place that has a um, really different food is, is actually talking to the people that are making the food, mm -hmm. um, talking to the people that live there and asking them what their favorite food is. And just, yeah. we, you know, we just kind of go down these rabbit holes where we never thought we'd end up just based on what people, locals have told us. It's so fun. Yeah. Um, and people, no matter who they are, how different they are, they, everybody loves talking about food. Yeah. Like that's the one common thing. You can ask someone that you think you have nothing in common to talk about. And you ask them, what did you grow up eating or what, yeah. what's your favorite thing to make? And it's, amazing to me and beautiful how how people just open up and with such with such love mm. really yeah um, and it's you know it's it's like there's a there's no barrier then right it's it's right. kind of neutral neutral ground you're meeting somebody on neutral ground it and totally giving them an opportunity to talk about themselves as opposed to hearing about you talk about you Right. Right. So and that's, you know, everybody wants to share their story. Everybody wants to share their life. And this is a great way to kind of connect in terms it of is. food. Because really everybody is. needs to eat. <laughs> everybody needs to eat and everybody has really strong opinions about it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I love I love hearing. I love I, I get the most interesting ideas from people that talk about what they, you know, what they make, what they eat. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about uh, maybe when you were traveling or maybe when you tried something for the first time, um, just what your experience has been, what has been your favorite sort of discovery, if you will, um, in terms of food. And it, this, like I said, this can be when you were traveling or when you kind of brought those experiences back into your own kitchen. Well, I'll tell you a couple of my favorite food memories while traveling. Um, one was we were in Paris and we had been fine dining for, you know, I don't know how long it was, like a week or so, just eating like the best food. Mm. And then we went to a falafel stand. <laughs> <laughs> and it was incredible. It was like the best thing we had. It just was this little hole in the wall in Paris. And um, there was a line and we waited and we got it. And it was so, it was like the best falafel sandwich I had ever had. And we ended up going back the next day. I think we went twice the next day. It was that good. <laughs> it was just so surprising. 
um, because it was so different than the food that than we had been having yeah. and then the other the other favorite thing um that just kind of blew me away was we were in Vietnam in this little town called Hoi An and I just uh we found this banh mi stand and mm. we ordered like these banh mi sandwiches they cost like 75 cents yeah it was incredible like the flavors were just so different and vivid and right and again we ended up going back to that stand like several times and I just Mm. I was just like I wanted to remember it forever it was just (laughs) an explosion of flavor I love things like that that are just kind of um surprises yeah unexpected right unexpected yeah Yeah, because you remember that so much more than you know if you were like fine dining in Paris that's such a given thing right um sure you'll remember it but I think, yeah, your falafel story sounds pretty amazing. Yeah. Who knew? <laughs> I know. And looking back, I can't remember one of those. I can't remember one of those uh, nice restaurants we went to. I just remember that falafel stand. <laughs> mm. Now, talking about restaurants, this can be um, maybe narrowed down to Spokane or, you know, kind of when you were traveling or however you want to kind of address this. But what is your favorite restaurant, if you have one, <laughs> and why? Um, that is a really hard question. Because <laughs> I feel like if something's good, that's my favorite restaurant at that time. Okay. <laughs> um, I, had a, I had a really wonderful experience. Uh, my husband and I went to this place called Willow's Inn. It's on an island here in the Pacific Northwest. And... Um, it was like this 20 course dinner, um, and just the way that it was presented, uh, mm. it was so beautiful. Like every, everything was sourced from the Island. Um, really fresh. I don't know. I just, I loved every bite of that. So that's probably, okay. and I also, okay. yeah. And I also, I went to Chez Panique, um, several years ago and that was also really, really, really okay now if you could cook this is probably a a (laughs) blasphemous question for somebody like you (laughs) but if you could cook one dish for the rest of your life what would that be I can't (laughs) I can't do it Maybe I should reserve this question for people like me who hate to cook yeah Yeah, well Arthika what would you cook um, I don't know. I would, um, I think for me, it, it's changed. I would cook aday just because now it's one of my new favorite. <laughs> but if I, if I didn't have that experience, I would just make the best cup of masala chai. Oh, because for I me, chai is, it's, it's such a, it's like in every fiber of my being not just because I'm Indian, but because I have so many memories associated with it and so many good memories and and just my whole childhood, that was the one constant. So for me, although it's not a dish, (laughs) I can just, I can drink cups and cups of it all day long. But yeah, I would like masala chai would be, or chai actually, any sort of chai. I love that. I love that. (laughs) Yeah, but food-wise, it's it's always a hit or a miss for me. <laughs> okay, so this is sort of a fun question. Um, 
if you can invite some people that you admire the most to a dinner party at home, who would they be? And it doesn't have to be famous people, just people who mean something to you or, you know, people who you look up to, however you want to kind of get your dinner party together. So who would they be and what would you cook for them? You know, I honestly love just cooking for my friends, my close friends and my family, maybe family that's no longer here. Um, if I had to invite somebody like famous, <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe like, <laughs> I don't know. I can't pick one person. Um, that's okay. Okay. So what, yeah. assume though people are there, what would you make? You know, I think I would just cook something really rustic and wholesome, not too fancy. Um, one of my favorite things to make is eggplant moussaka, um, okay. which is a Greek dish and just yep. with a salad and bread and just kind of simple, rustic comfort food. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I'm coming over, <laughs> Sylvia. <laughs> I want a whole load would, of dishes. <laughs> I would love to cook for you, Karthika. I would love, I would love we, to cook for you. So talk to me a little bit about feasting at home, Sylvia. That's your food blog. You said you started that when you were catering, but now it's kind of your business and something you do full time. How do you see that sort of evolving or, or is it where you want it to be and you just want to keep going with it? Or are you going to kind of morph it into something else and if you're willing to share with us? Sure. Um, you know, I really love the place that it's at right now. Um, I, have, I have work, but it's not too much work. Um, the blog allows me just at the pace that I'm going right now allows me to have a life. So I just work a few hours every morning. The really fun thing is, um, so my friend Tanya, who started the restaurant with me 20 years ago, she mm -hmm. has come on board and she's working with me full time now and she's developing recipes and photographing. So we're working together Excellent. virtually again, which is really fun. And she's kind of taken some of my workload off. So, um, you know, people always ask, you know, am I going to do a cookbook or, you know, what's next? Mm. And, and I think that would be next, but if I do that, then I'm just going to have to work really hard again. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm trying to avoid that. I just, I've worked hard my whole life. Yeah. And I just, I like this gentle kind of easy pace that I've got going right now and I'm trying not to fill it up too much. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I have no like big plans. Just, just kind of steady, steady yeah. couple couple recipes a week. Um, put them out there and and I love it. Yeah. You know, so often we um, we kind of get someplace and we are already looking at what's next. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, uh, having, you know, having goals and having future, future vision is good, but sometimes just taking a step back and saying, I'm happy here. Yeah. This is, this is good. This is, you know, I can see myself doing this or being in this time and space for as long as I need to is not too many of us do this. So I love <laughs> that you said 
that this is where I am and I'm happy to be here. And uh, maybe I'll get somewhere else later, but I'm in no rush. Right. Yeah. I feel pretty, pretty lucky to be in this place. It's just life is, life is easy. I know it won't always be that way, but right now I'm just letting it soak in. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, on that note, <laughs> thank you so very much, Sylvia. This was amazing. Aww. As always, it's a it's an absolute pleasure to talk to you. And, and in our case, we are video recording to actually see you. <laughs> thank you so, so much I really, for having me. Yes, of course. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Culturally Ours. Check out the show notes at culturallyours.com. If you've enjoyed the show, please be sure to hit subscribe, leave us a review, and share it with your family and friends.